Welcome to Inner Bloom, a podcast about spirituality and intuitive empowerment, where we help each other evolve and ascend through conscious community. I'm Alexa, a healer who utilizes EFT, also known as tapping, to help you process stuck emotions, release limiting beliefs, and reconnect with your inner child. I'm Ambrosia, a psychic medium and Arcturian channel, here to uplift and inspire you to see that you are capable of more than you know. Together, we empower people to live extraordinary lives. We do want to warn you, if you hang out with us long enough, you'll start to believe in yourself and realize that you're capable of anything. Enjoy Enjoy the the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back once again to Inner Bloom Podcast. I am Alexa. I am Ambrosia. And we have a very special guest with us today, Ginny Jablonski, who is an intuitive healer and animal communicator. Hi, Ginny. Welcome to the show. Thank you, ladies, for inviting me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, we're thrilled to have you. Um, You know, when we connected, we were reading a little bit about you and your story and what you do now, and it's all very, very much up our alley and uh, up the alley of our community. So really looking forward to diving into all of that with you. Um, But, you know, as we like to do on the show, we love to hear people's stories because they're all so unique Mm -hmm. and would love to know more about you and your story and kind of what led you to do what you're doing now? Well, thank you. Um, I was uh, previously employed in international security. I did not know anything about spirituality. I don't believe I ever heard the word. I was brought up in the Methodist faith, um, but wasn't really a, a churchgoer after the age of you know 14 or 15 for various reasons. And very much in the world of the world. And I became ill uh, with chronic fatigue and Lyme disease, which went undiagnosed for some time. And uh, I tried to stay off of narcotic or opioid medication as long as I could. I retired in about 2001. I medically retired and I refused narcotics and opioids for about seven years while they misdiagnosed me with everything under the sun and had me on every kind of non-narcotic medication out there. And uh, in seven years in, I finally agreed to take the opioids, which was fentanyl. Oh, wow. And four years later, when you're on that type of an anesthetic, it truly is an anesthetic. Uh, when you're on that long term, you bu- you build up a tolerance. There's a bit more technical explanation for that, but you continue to have to up the dose, up the dose, up the dose to to mask the pain. Mm. And eventually it led to a near-death experience. Wow. I didn't know what that was at the time. I had never heard the word near-death experience. And a lot of people that have near-death experiences also don't know what it is. <laughs> And after that experience, I really went on a journey and I felt that I needed to live, that I had something important to do. Um, I now understand that the important thing I had to do was heal myself, you know, and unpack the trauma of my life and um, come to terms with uh, my own, uh, the true nature of myself and my soul and and become Mm self-aware. And that was a bit of a, 
a circuitous journey because when I came back from the near-death experience, I heard trees talk and dead people were all around me and, you know, stuff was going on. And I, I didn't think I was crazy. My husband did. Yeah. <laughs> My husband they went to Caltech. And, yeah. yeah. You know, he has two sci- degrees in science. Uh, he went to Caltech and UCLA in your neck of the woods, Alexa. Right. Oh, I used to be in L.A., but I, I live in back in Philly now. But yeah, back at USC. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. You went to USC. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, you know, I just went with it. I, I mean, I knew what I was seeing and I knew what I was hearing yeah. and I just went with it. And I, I, I didn't know anything, you know, so I went to a spiritual bookstore and I bought, you know, 30 books and a mm-hmm. drum and sage. And I didn't know what to do with any of it, but I just... I wanted to live, you know, I wanted to reclaim my life, I wanted to heal myself. And so I got on the internet and googled, you know, alternative healing and psychic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it just sort of happened from there. And it, it unfolded in, in some pretty interesting ways went down a lot of rabbit holes, studied a lot of healing modalities, had a lot of experiences with different uh, kinds of intuitive people and, and healers and, and different spiritual perspectives and different religious perspectives. And it was all pretty amazing. That's, that's pretty much how it started. Mm. Wow. I'm just, it's so just backing up a little bit about like before the NDE and then after the near-death experience and then after the near-death experience, it's like, you know, there's been a lot of stories like this that are I love I love these stories because it really shows you know you're on one path and then all of a sudden something really intense happens probably mm-hmm. the most intense thing that could ever happen to you happens and all of a sudden you're whoop, like off that path onto a new path but not only that it's like you also have these new abilities it seems mm-hmm. or you're just open to the abilities in a new way so I'm curious like what why do you guys think that is? Is it that literally you're you're now open in a new way? You've been gifted with something? Is what is it that changes? Is it just your perspective? Like how are you then able to talk to trees and see dead people when you weren't before, you know? Well, probably the most valuable thing to say <clears throat> for all of us is that many of us were most likely born like this. Mm-hmm. but it was educated or beaten out of us in some way, mm-hmm. literally and figuratively. We, we experienced some trauma, whether it be emotional, physical, sexual, right? And yeah. that's my story, certainly. And I shut it down. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I certainly didn't remember it until long into my journey where I had done some hypnosis and a lot of real deep meditative work and a lot of intuitive work and clairvoyant work to help me understand where my trauma was trapped. Mm-hmm. And then I became more aware of what happened to me when I was younger or, or that I did have these abilities when I was younger. But specifically, people that have NDEs there are some theories. And one is that, you know, you cross the veil, you go to Mm -hmm. the other side, you meet, you know, angelic beings of light. In my case, Jesus was there. Yeah. Um, And when we cross that threshold, some of us come back with just beautiful messages, 
God is real. Love is the answer. Let's try to be more compassionate. We, we really do die and go to heaven, you know, and there are a lot of people that come back with that perspective and that knowing. Mm-hmm. And there are others who come back um, from very life-threatening illnesses completely healed. They come yeah. back and within four days or four weeks, you know, uh, they're completely healed. And so there's a lot of, you know, varying degrees of experience And I think it's necessary because we as a human race are all so diverse and at different places on our journey and certain messages resonate with certain people and all roads lead home. So I think that's why a lot of different people have different levels of messages, if you Mm want to call them levels. For me, like many other people, I came back with a connection to the other side that was wide open. It was like we didn't hang up the phone, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm not saying that I understood everything because I didn't. And that was, I think, what compelled me on such a journey, a seek. It made me a seeker. Mm. It made me want to understand everything. And so I studied Hinduism. I studied Buddhism. I dabbled a little bit in Kabbalah. I studied Baha'i. I studied uh, Sikhism, just a little, you know, not Mm -hmm. to the master level, not to the master level. But the corresponding energy healing systems and the energy management practices, that really interested me. That really interested me because I could also see energy. And eventually I began to see the people's soul. Wow. You know, I mean, literally. So how did you see the soul? I'm so sorry to interrupt you. I just like, that's so fascinating. How did you see their soul? Well, that took a while. And I did say eventually. And and when, Alexa, you said, is this a gift? And this is the interesting thing. So, so I came back and it was as if the telephone line was open and I could hear, but I could also see and I could mm-hmm. perceive energy. And I'm not perceiving anything about you guys right now, because over the years I learned about yeah. boundaries and ethics and what's appropriate and what's not appropriate <laughs> right, right, and right. who to talk to and who not to talk to and how to manage all of that. But in the beginning, I, I just was like, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. Information. Yeah is everywhere. You don't just have to go to a certain plane and the Akashic mm-hmm. records and then it's all right here for us to see and perceive. But of course, I didn't know or understand any of it. <clears throat> In the beginning, what I saw was an overlay of three energy systems in the body two non-physical and one physical. And so this might interest really interest you, Ambrosia. <laughs> I'm sure both of you, but I you, you asked the question. First, I saw the chakras. So the colors, the energy centers of the chakras. But I also saw the meridians, which Ooh. technically are the energy conduits that really connect all the chakras. But, you know, Hinduism and pranic medicine and the Tao and Chinese medicine, are, you know, have different language. So you, you kind of speak about it as if it's a different system, even though it's very, very much the same. Mm-hmm. And under that, I saw the nervous system, the golden superhighway of the nervous system. And for example, if I would touch someone, like if I would touch them here on certain nerves or like in the ulna nerve in the elbow, <clears throat> I would perceive almost a movie of traumatic events that happened in their life. Wow. Sometimes not so pleasant. 
and sometimes beautiful. Like I would see a vision. I was with a, a woman once, her husband wasn't home. And I said, I see your husband and he's glowing gold. And she goes, oh, that's my uh, my nickname for my husband. I call him the, my golden boy. And I go, well, now I'm seeing you and I see you with a halo over your head. And she goes, that's his nickname for me. I'm his angel. Oh, right. And so different random perceptions. But the consistent theme for me was always is the information helpful and does it have to do with healing? Mm. I mean, I'll admit I've driven down the road and I can say to my husband, that guy's cheating on his wife in that, you know, Ford Bronco, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but I put the kibosh on that pretty early on. I didn't find it helpful or entertaining or I I found it a burden because I Mm. wanted peace of mind. Um, But then as I went on my healing journey, And I studied Hinduism and pranic medicine. It was like a curtain moved aside and I no longer perceived the chakras until I started healing. And then depending upon what information the person's higher self wanted me to perceive, Mm -hmm. I would maybe see a chakra. So then all of a sudden I saw this golden superhighway, didn't know what it was, found out it's something called meridians and Chinese medicine, went to study that, took a few classes, learned all these big words, went to a couple of masters and they said, Ginny, you don't need us. And I, what do you mean? I have to know, you know, very left brain. I majored in economics, you know, really sort of in, in, in the empirical method of science and proving. And I wanted to understand and prove everything I saw. I wanted to be able to shake my husband and say, it's real, it's real. Yeah. You know, so where's the science of it? Right. And but I was turned away. I was told, but, you know, you don't need to know it's you know, the stomach 26 or bladder 17 or liver that you don't need to know because you're seeing it and you see Mm. if there's a block there or not. And the energy is moving. You don't need the science behind it. That's intuition. Mm -hmm. But intuition, I think it's a bad rap. And I really want to throw, you know, you guys um, a bone here because (laughs) What you're doing is you're sharing your experiences with other people so authentically, so honestly, and letting people know that it's okay not to be afraid of this. But not only that, you don't have to have a PhD in spiritual psychology, Mm -hmm. right? Or, or, you know, a four-year degree in Chinese medicine to help people. Yeah. You, You don't have to. So anyway, I'm hoping that that answers your your question. And then once I, um, I, I studied the Chinese medicine as far as they would let me, I, I guess at some point I would have had to gone to China or work with someone who had spent a long time in China because true masters of Chinese medicine or Qigong medicine, you know, you have to speak Chinese mm. to actually understand uh, medical Qigong. And I did my fair amount of martial arts in my day, although I was never a big meditator because I had monkey mind like the rest of us. Right. right? And so I was like, yeah, I'll skip that part. Let me just let me just, you know, make sure I can throw someone to the ground, which was required in my job in jujitsu and ground fighting and grappling and that type of that type of stuff. So when the when the meridian system moved aside, then I realized I was seeing the nervous system. And then when that disappeared, 
and I had a language and context for all that I was seeing. And the healers that I was going to were saying, hey, can you heal me? Hey, I think you can help my clients. Pretty soon I had clients all over the world. I was on the phone eight or 10 hours a day and it was getting out of control. You know, everybody wanted my help. And I thought, no, you know, I'm still traumatized. I need to do, I need to unpack some healing here, some archetypal wounded, you know, inner child, wounded ego, wounded, so you know, um, soul, you know, what all of these different things that depth psychology talks about and, and spiritual psychology is beginning to acknowledge, right? So I reined it in a little bit. And then when I really felt, okay, I think I can share with people to the level that I have healed myself. And, and because I was lucky enough to be able to travel all around the world and take a lot of classes and, you know, I wasn't employed, I couldn't work. You know, I had neurological Lyme disease and a lot of musculoskeletal issues. I studied a lot. And and I had a lot of bad experiences with healers on my journey Mm -hmm. of where there was a lot of ego or wounding or unhealed trauma. And there was a lot of stuff projected on me. And I and I was able to realize that that wasn't really me, what they were talking about. Maybe they were talking about themselves or. And so it really motivated me to share my story with people, to share my experiences with people, because not everybody gets the opportunity to study so many diverse topics Mm -hmm. and bring it full circle through their intuition and their higher self. Mm -hmm. And I think that you guys are really beginning, beginning or continuing, you know, to do that and share that with people. And that's what really made me so excited about coming on your show. Thank you for that compliment. Thank you so much. You're an amazing speaker. I'm yeah. just like captivated by you. I'm like, you do you, do you want to run this podcast? Because we'll just sit and listen. <laughs> Actually, I'm not. I, I after my near death experience, I had some uh, uh, hypoxia. You know, some oxygen deprivation to my brain, and so my lexicon can really fit in a paper bag. You know, I don't use real big words. And sometimes I'll stop and you'll see my eyes sort of float. And mm-hmm. I look for words. And, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm okay with that. You know, I don't have to yeah. be Renee Brown to yeah. to share a message. I, I know, and I've, I've learned to accept all my flaws. I mean, I was bedridden for nine years. I had all pride wow. and vanity and everything stripped away from me, which made the perfect petri dish for my spiritual journey you know because it was void of all of that i could it's not possible for me to go into ego it's not possible for me to be in competition with you so it's just fun and exciting Mm. wow that's That's incredible yeah that's that's quite the journey how um how do you work with clients now how do you work with people now? Because I know you said you were working eight to 10 hours. Do you still do that or? Oh, no. Okay. No, no. <laughs> um, my policy is that I, I try never to take more than two clients a day, five That's days nice. a week. And I live on a ranch with horses. And, you know, nice. and so I try to be in nature. I try to be with my animals. But then, you know, you'll always get friends that need you or an mm-hmm. emergency, you know, here or there. So. I, I, you know, it's not a hard and fast rule, but I try because so much is happening multidimensionally in my work. It does, 
even though I'm not using my own energy anymore <laughs> to transmute other people's stuff, but that's what happened in the beginning, right? Because mm. we have patterns from our past lives and our belief systems that we carry into our current energetic construct. It's a, it's a program. It's a blueprint from the soul and our experiences. And once I learned how to regulate all of that, it takes a lot less of my own energy but I still need my own clear head. I still need my own meditation. I still need to work with my own animals. And I do rescue traumatized animals, my husband and I here. Um, and this is my sewing room. I like to sew. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. It, it, so you're also, I know part of your um, description is that you're an animal communicator. So how do you work with animals? Because I find that fascinating as well. Um, well, I never intended to work with animals. I was a horse person prior to my NDE, but I never knew about animal communication. And my passion was and still is helping other people who have been traumatized, who are stalled in the more well-known healing modalities or psychotherapy, traditional psychotherapy. Mm. And they just can't seem to get out of the loop. My passion is sharing my journey and what worked for me and give people a lot of options. Well, I tried these three or four things. Does any of that resonate with you? Yes. Number two. All right. Let me tell you about all that and how I experienced it and where you might go study or who you might work with. And mm -hmm. the healers that I've met that I thought work, you know, they're very grounded, have a lot of integrity in my work with humans animals started coming into the session. Yeah. And I said, what is this? You know, and I meditated one day and I said, boy, these animals are just bothering me. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to help people. What the heck is going on? Like animal spirits or like physical animals? Animal spirits. Okay. Gotcha. So, you know, it could be a living animal that they have now. Mm -hmm. It could be, you know, their roommate's cat from college that they were mean to. Mm. It could be their mom's dog when they were little that wanted to give a message to mom, you know, but it always, it always was beautiful and loving and offered some type of healing or, or just validation because a lot of times animals through me will just tell people, you know what your superpower is, your superpower is, and then it, it lights up the people because sometimes we don't see each other's gift and strength, mm, yeah. but we, it's so easy for humans to see what's wrong with us, what's on the surface, yeah. you know? And so my passion is really saying, you are really good at this. And I can see that about you, you know, mm -hmm. like I know Alexa, I, I just, that's hey, me. I just, so but I just pegged your education and that's just from watching. I wasn't energetically, you know, up in your energy or anything, but, but that's my higher self's priority. Mm. My higher self is saying, you know, you are so special and here's why, mm -hmm. you know, and let's figure out how to move aside all of the doubt and all of the unworthiness and really give you space to breathe and express what is, what's your superpower, you mm -hmm. know? Cool. So the animals kind of, this council of animals came to my, my meditation and said, don't you remember you're actually supposed to be working with us. We, the, these horses said to me, we guided you on your journey, your healing journey, oh, oh, you know, overcoming trauma, PTSD, yeah. all this medical stuff. And now we want you to translate the he healing trauma for people 
to animals because too many people don't believe that animals can be traumatized. Oh, yeah. They use wild animals as a template for all life. Mm-hmm. And wild animals don't have the stress of domestication and the responsibility and the obligations, right? Yeah. And so I was asked to translate what I had learned to to work with animals. And it's so beautiful. I've really sort of said to the universe, only bring me people who really want to do this work, only bring me people who really resonate with me, only bring me people who will hear the messages and want to receive it. You know, and it's really been a beautiful ride. Yeah. And the, I work with animals the same way I work with people, very intuitively. How strong is your auric field? Are you managing your own energy? Do you have patterns or programs running in your subconscious? Is your heart open? Are you are you, are people able to perceive you, or do they think you're aloof, even though you're the most compassionate person you know? And is that yeah. because we have, you know, what they say in emotion code and body code is called a, a heart wall, right? And mm-hmm. there are other descriptions for it, but our heart is shut down. And yeah. for good reason, we live on planet Earth, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. And then some of that is, um, some of that is, is the discarnate beings. And some mm-hmm. show up because they just died and they didn't really believe mom and dad, or they don't really trust religion and they're not sure where to go, you know. And some of it is, I just need somebody to you know, apologize to me or, Mm. or they desperately believe they need to apologize to someone before they leave. So it all, it most always has a healing bent to it. Not saying that from time to time, you know, unwanted beings don't, you know, show up more so in the beginning, I think. Um, Now I do a lot of preparatory work that I really try to make sure that my space is is regulated, but I don't deny a a wounded soul who has chosen to play on the dark side in this life, love and compassion and healing. Mm. You know, I feel like if all we ever do is look at the light, then we're never going to unpack our own trauma, let alone offer healing to these souls who are coming forward. They're letting you see them because they want you to, they want you to be aware that they're there. So Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. Do you, I'm interested. Do you ever find that animals hold grudges? Oh, yes. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Oh, gosh. (laughs) You know, a a lot of unwanted behavior, aberrant behavior is based on misunderstanding, Mm -hmm. brokenheartedness, just like Mm. people. Yeah a sense of unworthiness or not having a purpose. Hmm. And sometimes it's just, you know, that person is a jerk. Mm. Yeah. But a lot of times too, there's dead people in the house and the dogs can see them or that, you know, Yeah, or or a person is really sad or has an entity on them or something. And the animals Mm -hmm. will just say, you know, Aunt Betty that just died, she's over here in the nursery with the baby all the time. And Aunt Betty just creeps me out, you know? (laughs) So, yeah. Mm. How, when you're, so when we're talking about healing, right? And I know you're talking about like seeing all these layers to humans or to animals or, but like when you're working with someone, are you like, 
physically healing? Is there like an element of like physically healing or is it more so um, like connecting with their energy and doing like an energetic healing? Like how does it, I'm just curious because some people are, you know, like physical healers and some people just work with the energy. So I have a bit of a different perspective than, you know, some people I've met. Um, I've been shown a lot of past lives where I misused my power as a healer. And that was part of my journey to self-awareness. Mm-hmm. So my, defini- my definition of healing, uh, first, I have to accept that we are all energy. And where healing is required is where energy is stuck. You know, right? Mm-hmm. Emotions yeah. or judgment. Where emotions or judgment are stuck, that's where the energy isn't flowing. Yeah, we have those patterns programs. Now there's a whole other level of subconscious energy. There's just imprints in our energetic field. Mm -hmm. If you go at it from a pranic perspective, every chakra has, you know, seven or however many, I don't know, I think I've seen up to 13. And some people's chakras have layers, Mm -hmm. right? And it depends. Do you see in technological a metaphor, or do you see in some people only see in color, some people only hear, some people only get um, have a sense of a knowing. So dependent on upon all of our gifts and abilities, we'll approach healing differently. Mm. You know, some people just perceive color and call in the right color or the right frequency. And there you go. Yeah. You know, um, Good call. for me, my perspective is you are your own best healer. And my job is to help you remember that and how dynamic and complicated we are. And that the reason, one of the reasons that we can't seem to stop waking up at 2 a.m. with that pesky thought about, you know, uncle so-and-so who, you know, made me crash my bike when I was 12 or, right? Um, That we actually can heal that within ourselves. Now, Mm. I took advantage of a lot of people helping to see things in me in order to heal. I had a big blind side in seeing myself. And I wonder if that was by design so that I could experience all of these other healing modalities, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I do in saying that I believe we are our own best healer, please don't hear me say it's never helpful to have someone else intuitively look at our energy field Mm -hmm. and more than one person from more than different energy healing perspective or training or protocol, because different people see different things based on their belief system. Yes. So energetically to answer your question very specifically, what I do, what I think I do, what I'm aware of is happening. And we know there's always something more going on between my higher self and your higher self. They're having a conversation that's not under your control or my control. Right. But my, my perspective is that I've done a lot of work unpacking my trauma and healing my heart and healing my throat chakra, healing my higher chakras. And firstly, unpacking my lower chakras as well so that I can come at this from a space of true unconditional love for all life. And I create a space. Then my, uh, my agreement with the universe and with anybody I work with is I will never know anything about you that your higher self doesn't want me to know. So if your higher self doesn't give me permission to know something about you, I'm not going to walk up to you like a car or a horse and say, I know what's wrong with you. I can fix you. Let me right. do this. You know, I don't do psychic surgery on people. Mm-hmm. 
um, intentionally. Mm. <clears throat> okay. Mm-hmm. I hold a loving space. I say, does it resonate with you if I were to share that you might have a pattern of unworthiness or shame around a certain event in your life or that you might have some, tra- and if that person says yes, would you like to release that? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> right. Mm-hmm. And, and do you know how, let me help you remember that you are an energetic being. And we, we all to some degree have different psychic senses, gifts and abilities, mm-hmm. right? Um, <clears throat> and, and to what degree are we as individuals and all of our clients willing to take responsibility for their own healing? Because mm-hmm. what I won't allow to happen is someone to leave me disempowered. I will never allow, and this is what I did in the beginning of my journey. I gave my power to everybody. I laid on a table for $500 for 30 minutes and I said, I'm ready to heal. You never met anybody that wanted to heal more than me. Come on, let's do it. Mm -hmm. And they can move energy till the cows come home. But when I got back in my car, the energy came right back because that wasn't my free will, my choice. I wasn't aware of what it was. I wasn't learning. I wasn't healing myself from the inside out. Mm-hmm. But when we can participate together, cooperatively say, if this is true, if I'm holding this energy, then yes, I want to let it go. Mm-hmm. That's where my work is really effective. Yeah. Th- does that does that make sense? Definitely. Yeah, very Definitely much so. Sense. I had a mentor in the very beginning, not Colby Rebel, someone else, uh, the very beginning of this that was a psychic healer. And she did what you were saying, very disempowering to people. So I understand in a very tangible um, how that can show up and how people can react to that and how you can look at that and be like, okay, I see what not to do almost. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to empower people instead of disempowering them and making them think that you need me to get to point B. So Mm -hmm. exactly. And I love sharing tools. You know, I'll, I'll, you know, people want tools. What can I do? What can I do? Heck, Mm -hmm. you want homework? I'll give you homework. (laughs) Yeah. You know, know, because that's empowering. Yeah. And people call me and text me all the time. You wouldn't believe the meditation I have. You wouldn't, you know, my husband acted differently the day after Mm -hmm. I did that meditation for myself. When I healed myself, my husband treated me differently. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, it's yeah, so beautiful. empowering. And when you teach people that they can clear their energetic space. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I remember a woman saying, I could not believe the difference in the behavior of my animals and my husband when I cleared my house. Yeah. Right. Huge. Yeah. Because there's a lot of stuff floating around television, you name it, internet, Definitely. and then yeah. people and stuff we bring home from work or the grocery store or especially right? the grocery store right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> this has been a huge theme. I feel like I've had this conversation like three times in a row. It's a message being yelled at me clearly um, about it's it's like continuing to come back to the energy that you have and the energy that is yours and the energy that you want to be around you versus, I mean, even just when you pick up your phone, like all the little things that you're connecting to on your phone, all the cords that are connecting to all of these, all of this different energy and all the, the, 
the the gunk that is surrounding you when all we really have to do right is remember to come back to our own energy and to, and you know um, kind of draw the line between what is ours and what is others and what we want to to cultivate and I really love what you're talking about with like when you're talking about you wouldn't believe how my husband acted differently when I did my meditation because that was something that was shown to me when I was trained to become an EFT practitioner my teacher Sonia Sophia and I remember it blew my mind I was like how can that be? But it blew my mind because it was the first time I was introduced to this concept of, you know, if you have an issue with your mom, your mom doesn't need to necessarily come here and do a session with me. You Mm. need to come here and do a session with Mm -hmm. me. And that will actually, that can potentially shift your relationship with your mom, the way your mom shows up with you, because your energy is a huge part of this equation, right? So... I think that's really empowering for people to understand whether you're doing EFT, whether you're working with you, whether whatever you're doing. I think people get really stressed out when they feel like I need you to change, but mm-hmm. you're not going to do what I can't control you. It's like yeah. you don't need to yeah. control. All you need to do is continuously work with this. And I think that's really exciting. If I, if I may, I want to just take the tiniest bit of exception with one little thing you said because hopefully this will help a lot of people. Yeah. When sometimes we say all we have to do is, or if we just, you know, command our space. And I heard that a lot on the beginning of my journey. And the problem is I had so much trauma and so many programs running in my subconscious and so many defense mechanisms and coping mechanisms that it wasn't as simple as just choosing the light, just making a choice to be happy, just walk away from just commanding my space because I had past lives where I didn't command my space. I had past Mm -hmm. lives where I was a martyr. I had, you know, and so we do have energy processes running for some of us who've maybe had a few more lives than others Okay. Yeah. Have a little bit more complicated stuff. So I love it. You know, I love, I love, I love the enthusiasm, but people who really have been abused or traumatized mm-hmm. or, or their auric field doesn't have a lot of integrity from like shock or trauma or mm-hmm. drinking a lot of alcohol or doing a lot of drugs or being in a home where there's a lot of alcohol or drugs right. and the field is degraded. It's not as simple as just being the light. And what happens, and I've seen people say that to other people, and they feel shame. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I, I just must not be very spirit. I'm never going to be able to heal because I don't have good boundaries or I, you know. And I know in my, the beginning of my journey, I got very angry many times. I am forgiving. I am doing this. I am, mm-hmm. you know, and I really got frustrated. After the 50th time, somebody said, well, Jenny, it has something to do with your mom. Because there are levels and layers to our trauma, and it is it is buried and 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 pushed so deeply in us to very subtle levels, mm-hmm. and you know most people just don't have, you know especially nowadays don't have the the disposable income in economic term right mm-hmm. to spend on healing once a month or twice a month. Yeah. And and that's another reason why I really like what you guys are doing because you're not charging for what you're doing. 
And look, are we any of us solving all the problems of the world? I'm not. No, you know, but we can help the people who stand in front of us and say, do you have any advice? What do what do you see? I'm I am in my sovereignty, in my power, asking for you to help me. Mm. And that's what you guys are doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for like be saying that and echoing that and and yeah pointing out the subtlety and and being a part of this because like you being here it's bringing in all you being here on our podcast is bringing in you know a new energy and new perspective new advice new ways you know of of looking at things and um everyone on Facebook is like there's been so many comments that I haven't even been reading <laughs> but uh Laura said beautiful conversation thank you uh, Sammy was saying, yep, that happened with me when I met with you, Alexa. She was talking about when we shift something within us, how that shifts yeah. can shift other people. Um, okay, so Caroline uh, wanted to ask you. She's she's like, I got to connect with you. I really need to talk to you. <laughs> she, like, loves you. <laughs> she, she had a really interesting question, though. Wait, let me see. Oh, Okay, we have five minutes, so I hope that if we can answer this question and then we can tell everyone where to find you, um, that we can do that in five minutes. But uh, she wanted to know, I think one of my cats does some kind of Reiki. He placed himself next to any being who is sick or not feeling well. Um, she, She was asking some question. I can't really find it now, but she was asking about, like, can you speak about animals being healers as well. Mm-hmm. Well, we have to be careful not to project on every single animal in the world that they're all healers and that all animals have medicine because some traumatized and domesticated animals cannot telepathically communicate with their soul family. And they have totally forgotten that they are energetic beings and they're walking around like zombies, like the rest of us. Okay. Mm-hmm. But first um, with respect to cats Cats and dogs have tremendous electromagnetic energy. Cats carry certain frequency for healing, the purring, the vibration. Many, many, many cats are in service um, and just love, love people and wa- and are wanting to heal the world. Many cats tell me that they're healing like the, the town they live in or they're in charge of their block. You know, they're like the block captain. And yes, it's a very true. And I wouldn't call it Reiki because Reiki would be... A- an absolute oversimplification of mm-hmm. what it, the cats are really doing, you know? Um, so I hope that answers her question. And yes, and I, I just really quickly want to say one more thing. I love talking to people like us. Mm-hmm. I love empowering people like us, helping people like us to answer these questions. And mm-hmm. so thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for being here. Uh, She just responded and said, I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for being here, Ginny. This is so amazing to to just have you here and for sharing everything you shared. Everyone's been loving it. Um, And, you know, for those of you who um, are listening or watching, how can they connect with you and work with you? My website is heartofthehorse.us. There's another heart of the horse with another extension. That's not me. I'm not the okay. therapeutic riding center. Okay. It's heartofthehorse.us. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. We and will- you, there's way more information than anybody ever wanted on my site. <laughs> <laughs> 
Awesome. We will put that link in our show notes. And so for those of you who are, you know, are like loving her, loving Ginny, you can go there to reach out to her. Um, and, you know, please do that. And Ginny, thank you so much for being here. You'll have to come back sometime. We love you and love your energy. And, and thank you for, for being here. Thank you, ladies. I send you guys a lot of love and best wishes on your journey. Mm, you, too. you too. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. Until next time, keep on blooming. Bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would give us a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. If you'd like to get in touch for a reading with Ambi, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast. Until next time, remember, open your heart to the seeds of love and light and bloom from within.